0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavs Radio Network. Tim Alcorn, along with Jim Jones, and Jim, what an unbelievable weekend. The Cavs are coming off, and really, the city of Cleveland with the eyes of the country and the nation on Cleveland with the All-Star Weekend. Cavs President of Business Operations, Nick Barlage, is going to join us, and then, Later on in the show, uh, Terry Pluto is going to look ahead to the final third of the
1: campaign. Yeah, well, it's all interesting stuff, uh, Tim, and uh, got to thank our producers, Marty, and of course, Kurt McLaughlin. We, you know, we have to thank those guys for the position they put us in, because uh, Nick Bartlett is a very interesting man. It's going to be a unique situation when uh, people get an idea of where this young man is coming from, that the future of our franchise is in young Kobe's hands and his and a few other people upstairs.
0: Yeah, what, a, what an extraordinary week and weekend it was. So we'll talk to Nick about that and we'll talk to Terry Pluto about what lies ahead for the Cavaliers. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us and great to have joining us The president of business operations with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Nick Barlage. And Nick, uh, just an incredible week and weekend at the Cavaliers and really the entire city of Cleveland and the region is coming off with All-Star Week. Uh, I know your mind is probably flooded with everything that's been going on, but if you could just reflect to Cavs fans and our listeners what this meant to the city of Cleveland and what it meant to the Cavaliers organization.
2: Yeah, Tim, I mean, there's there's really, you know, I've been saying this a lot the last two days and, you know, I've, I've lost my voice just from just all the all the um, conversations and all the great things that have happened. But, you know, you start to run out of adjectives or superlatives to, to really describe the situation. But um, what a what a historic weekend week it was leading into the weekend. Capped off by last night's um, display of the 75 greatest players that our game's ever seen, you know, we were a lot of us were talking about it. Um, we were up in the uh, practice court as they were taking photos and then as they took the stage at halftime, you know, and just based on, and, and I think Adam Silver, our commissioner said this, but based on the, the age of the league, you know, this is probably the greatest percentage of the greatest players that you'll ever have in, in one place. Um, you know, you think about 25 years from now, the league will be 100 years old and and, you know, you just don't know what what life will bring to you at that point in time. And so it, it just was an, an amazing moment for our city and for our region. And I think the point of pride for us, as we said, we really have always wanted to be a catalyst um, to really help continue the momentum that we've been building here as we hopefully evolve out of the tail ends of the pandemic and, you know, from economic impact to, Um, I'll just say the spiritual impact on the city um, was so profound. And it really is an incredible catalyst for us here as we go forward. Um, And it was a beacon of light that shined shined on the Cleveland to the world to show, you know, show that we could not only host a world-class event of this magnitude, but we could really make the most of it. And, um, you know, just you feel incredibly grateful just to be able to be a part of those kind of things.
0: Nick, at what point or will there be a point when there will be an actual measurement of the economic impact on the city of Cleveland and the surrounding areas? Uh, It's amazing how many people were able to experience Cleveland. And as you say, really, it became a guiding light for the sports world.
2: Yeah, no no doubt. There there will be. um, There's actually there'll be a few studies that are commissioned. Just to answer your question directly, Tim, there's a few studies that'll be commissioned in the NBA. Commission's commissions a study actually from Temple University um, as a as a neutral third party to come in and really understand the economic impact. But it it was it'll be well over hundred million dollars. We know that. Um, I I think how much above that is is what they're just they're going to be working on here in the coming days and weeks. Um, And the sports commission, the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, who've been just amazing partners in this every step of the way, um, along with Destination Cleveland, will also have um, some some numbers to share. But no doubt, it's going to be profound. It's going to be incredible, and um, you know, it was just—I'll just say—just say just in sitting in traffic and gridlock traffic on East Ninth or on uh, on Ontario at certain points and throughout the days and in the nights. Um, it was just great to see the uh, the hustle and the bustle and the vibrancy of downtown back again, and it obviously extended to the neighborhoods and the city um but it's 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 an it's an incredible moment for us to share and not just because of the money you know we kind of have a saying around here we think money and numbers uh or money and numbers follow they don't lead and, and we think that that could be more true in this situation because we really focused on the experience of everybody i mean our partners at downtown cleveland alliance i can tell you when the snow hit thursday night into friday morning they were out clearing sidewalks and salting and, and our city of our partners the city of cleveland Um, Cuyahoga County were doing their part in in clearing the roads, and so it just it took it took an entire village of people to really make this thing happen, but the great part about it is the city and the region will be the people that reap the rewards coming from this and that's really why you want to be able to bring an event of this magnitude that has this type of impact to your community is because you can really you know it's it's a it's a moment in time for us to really. Um, you know, just just share in the history and the uh, and the memories that were made through the moments that happened over the past few days.
0: Again, we're talking with Nick Barless. He's the president of business operations for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And of course, Cleveland uh, was in the spotlight, uh, both nationally and globally, this past week and weekend with the NBA All-Star game. And uh, Nick, I was sharing with folks uh, leading up to the All-Star game that this is an NBA event. This wasn't necessarily a Cavs event, and yet the collaboration and the partnership was extraordinary. Take our listeners through that as far as what the NBA said this needs to be done, and then the Cavaliers and all the other partners that you mentioned then took the lead on.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was, this was kind of a defining moment for the NBA. You know, from the, the logo to, to the branding and the signage you saw around town, um, you know, we, we the Cavs were really at, in the driver's seat with a lot of that. The NBA came to us and said, hey, we want this to be a new model in regards to how do we integrate within a city, as opposed to us just kind of flying in, taking control and then flying back out again. And so we really, you know, starting really the, the week of Thanksgiving, we started marketing for the for the game and for the events that were happening of All-Star Weekend. Um, we had moments dating back to even this past August and September. Where we started to activate um, to really you know to, t- to tie threads between you know local restaurant tours, hotels um, and, and and really creating and curating experiences for people but we had fantastic partners at the NBA you know David Gilbert, Mike Mulhall and their entire team at the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission as well as destination Cleveland they were fantastic partners. Mike, Michael Deemer and his team at the downtown Cleveland Alliance were amazing partners and then, You know, we can't say this enough, but um, our administration, the city of Cleveland, Mayor Justin Bibb, um, County Executive Armand Butis at at Cuyahoga County. um, They were they were just they were leaders in every step of the way, um, and their teams were as well. And we, we couldn't do this without, you know, really binding together the connective tissue from a leadership end that we have here in Cleveland. And it's just been it's been a great example of how when you collaborate, you work together um, you find synergies, you push and you pull, pull each other. Um, you can accomplish great things as a city. And we really showed that over the last few days, but, you know, it's, it's been two years of planning, uh, four years into the bid process to, to be able to bring this thing here and, um, to see it all come to fruition in the way that it did, um, was just, it was, it was amazing. And, and we, we owe a lot of credit to not just all those people I just mentioned in their teams, but also our team behind the team, our Cavaliers team members stepped up and they've been working around the clock for the last three or four days. We gave some folks the day off today and tomorrow. Um, and it's, it was really, it took a village to pull this thing, to pull this thing off in the way that we did. And everybody, every step of the way, there was not an acrimonious moment that I can recall is when something popped up, we just sat down and we said, let's figure it out. And it truly defined teamwork and what you can accomplish when you have that degree of collaboration is just amazing.
0: And Nick, one quick question before the break. Obviously, a few years ago, uh, the Indians, now Guardians, hosted an all-star game. Different league, different sport. But for the city, uh, was that beneficial just knowing this is somewhat what's coming?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any, you know, we, are, we are not only did we host the MLB all-star game a couple years ago, we also had the NFL draft. You know, this, right. this, a year, a little little less than a year ago, both of those were great opportunities for us to observe, to learn, to understand how other leagues do it. And then was a great chance for us to kind of say, hey, how do we take that and, and put our fingerprints on it in, in a way that was unique to the Cavaliers? And um, and I think we accomplished that. So, yes, it was great to see. They were great examples for us to follow. Um, they created kind of a foundational knowledge for us and then we were able to take all those things and, and really, you know, I think amplify them, grow them and, uh, and create a, you know, create an incredible spectacle
0: here. Great point. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have more with Nick Barlage. He's the president of business operations with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll talk more about this extraordinary weekend that just concluded last night. Following this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back. We continue our conversation with Nick Barledge. He's the president of business operations with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, Nick, we've been talking about this extraordinary weekend and really the week that led into Saturday and Sunday, the All-Star game last night, and uh, the amount of work that went into that. And as much as you're involved on the business side and the planning and the collaboration, was there a moment or a couple of moments where you just allowed yourself to kind of stand back, Nick, and go, I'm a fan of this. I'm mesmerized by this.
2: Yeah, that's a, it's a great question, Tim. I, I can't tell how many people just walking around the building or popping around the city the last few days said, hey, find a time to just enjoy it. Um, I will say last night, uh, the halftime um, the halftime ceremony honoring the 75 greatest players. Um, it was one of those moments, no matter where you were, um, you know, whether you're watching it at home on TV or you were here at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, you um, just kind of looked around and it was one of those, wow, this is, this really is incredible. And if you think about how much the league has grown over the last 75 years um, and, and where it is now and, and just the, 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 the show that it is, the enterprise that it is, it just shows you the power of sports. It shows you the power of the NBA and how it can really be a platform to bring people together. You know, those, those 75 greatest players, they come from all walks of life, just like our fans do. And just like, you know, just like our partners and, and, and everybody that's around the city. And it, it's amazing when you convene those athletes with those incredible accomplishments um, you can't help but just kind of sit back and pinch yourself and say, wow, is this, is this a dream? Um, and, and I also think it creates such a halo for our region and for our city that cannot be understated and undervalued um, because it happened right here in Cleveland, Ohio. And if you can assemble the 75 greatest players right here in Cleveland, Ohio, you can you can accomplish a lot of things. And I think as you think about that, how that translates into where we go from here as a city, as an organization, as a team, um, it really, you know, the sky's the limit for us as we as we think about what comes in the future.
0: Nick, I think that's something that's unique to the NBA is how today's young stars, uh, such as Jared Allen, Darius Garland, you know, John ja Morant, they appreciate the history and the lineage of the league. As those guys stood on that stage last night, it wasn't as though their names were strange to the young players. Uh, to me, that that linkage. Uh, is something that can't be denied as far as the younger players to those who preceded them.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's um, watching them interact and engage, you know, right. it, it, it's just, it's it's fantastic. And, you know, just seeing the, how they, you know, kind of pass the torch from one generation to the next um, is is just nothing but incredible. And so as as we think about those things, you know that is really the, the the power of the NBA. You know, I mean, Darius at one point, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley—they um, grew up watching a lot of these guys, and now they're right there alongside of some of the greats. And and I think that that just it it shows the amazing trajectory that our organization is on as well, Tim. When you know when you're thinking about you know having guys. I mean, every single night this week this weekend we were represented, whether it was the rising stars Evan and Isaac, uh, or whether it was. Um, Saturday night with the Cleveland team from, of Jarrett, Evan, and, uh, and Darius, and then obviously having Darius and, and, and J.A. in the game um, last night, you know, for them to be around the different generations of just incredible players and incredible athletes, and for there to be such a connectivity between all of them and for them to care about each other and genuinely want what's best for the next generation, um, it's, it's unbelievable. I heard Chris Paul actually address the 75 greatest players in the practice court last night and he just spent some time thanking, you know, Bob Cousy and some of the folks that uh, some of the accomplishments that came before. And it was incredibly powerful to see how one of the greatest players in our game right now, Chris Paul, um, the respect and the and the overall just care he had for the generations that came before him that laid the foundation to be where the league is today. And I think that is to your point earlier, Tim, that's the uniqueness of the NBA. It's just a, it's a powerful, powerful Um, league from the standpoint of how much it cares about each other. And it's kind of like one big family at the end of the day. And I think that's just the uniqueness we all get to have a chance to be around it every day.
0: Well, Nick, I want to transition and talk about the resurgence of the Cavaliers and Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It's just been awesome to have people back in the arena. And certainly the success of the Cavs adds to that. But If you could speak for a minute or two just about what that means to have people back in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, not only for the Cavs, but for the monsters and other events that have been taking place at the arena.
2: Yeah, you know, and you know this, Tim, better than anybody. You and and Jim have been, you know, we had to you guys have been tested and do your job in a little bit of a bubble over the last couple of years. Everything has been different and everything has changed. Um, But over the last six months, it's been incredible. To see the field, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse come back to life. I mean, you, when you plan out a year, you know, you're you're very fortunate to have one tentpole event in our in our industry over you know call it two or three or four or five year period of time. We had two massive tentpole events here, at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, in the last six months with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions this fall, and then and then building right into the all Star Weekend that we just that we just accomplished here over the last few days, and then you then and then you add on top of that. our our Cleveland Monsters, um, our Cleveland Cavaliers, and the other concerts and shows we've had that have ranged from Harry Styles to Michael Bublé, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, We've got Jojo Siwa coming up this Sunday night um, after we reopen the second half of the season with the Cavs on Saturday and the Monsters actually on Wednesday. And it's just been incredible to see the building full. I mean, some of these Cavs games, you guys know this because you've been around it for a while, but Some of these Cavs games have felt like playoff games in November and December and January, which that that is that's just it's so powerful. And then when you take and you just kind of take a look out and around downtown and you see restaurants reopening and hotel rooms filling up and and traffic and parking parking ramps and parking lots and there's lines to get places downtown right now and and. I will tell you because I've been coming to the I've been coming to Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse basically every day over the over the two years of the pandemic. There's a lot of there was a lot of days where I, I would struggle to see a car in downtown on the streets sometimes. And so to, to have the vibrancy back in our city, we I talk a lot about how I really feel like if we're doing our jobs the right way at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, we can help help to restore the heartbeat of our great city in downtown and that's really what we've been focused on and it's been amazing to see it Um, i will tell you anecdotally in talking to restaurateurs and small business owners in and around the city they can feel it Um, and it just shows once again the power of of what we can do when we try to do things the right way Um, and we try to make sure that we have um, this building filled with the lights on as much as possible Uh, and we've been very fortunate to be able to do that coming up in March we'll actually have more events here at the field house than we will have days in the month. And so we couldn't be more excited. And, you know, we'll, we'll hope that we get to, we get to extend to some seasons and play a little bit longer than normal, but we'll see, we'll see what that story has to say here in the next in the coming weeks, and the coming months. But um, it's just been fantastic. Like I said, to, to be able to help um, and be a piece of restoring the vibrancy of downtown when, when, when we all need it. Um, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a point of pride for our team. You know, Nick,
1: you guys are in the front office. I'm curious. I'd like to hear your perspective on the global impact of having a winning team. You've had uh, the All-Star Game, you know, and you've had other events, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff. But there's a global perspective that I know that you're very much a part of. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, the All-Star Game was broadcast in over 215 countries um and, and the festivities that are adjacent to it all-star saturday night and, and rising stars on friday night and the mba tracks social media engagements from around the world and these events this past weekend right here in cleveland ohio generated over 2 billion engagements oh. on social media and wow. so when you think about those things right um it will likely it will be over 50 million dollars in earned media value for cleveland ohio as well um, which is another key kind of key performance indicator that the league tracks along with the, the third parties I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's really – Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse really can be Cleveland's living room to the world. And we say that a lot, but it truly happens when you, when you host events like we've hosted and you have a team that's playing the way our team is playing. It can't be understated enough. Adam said this in his press, press conference. He said, you know, it all-star weekend when you're playing in a host city – that has, a, that has a strong team or has a good team, it just has a different feel to it. And you guys could feel it. It just had a different feel to it. When you had Cavs, the Cavs representing our city on Friday night, on Saturday night, and on Sunday night, um, it has a totally different feel. And, and, I, and we were able to have a front seat to that here in our community. And it's something we'll remember for years to come. And it's not just in within the, the, the zip codes that represent Northeast Ohio. It really extends to the rest of the United States And across the world and um and we need that right now in society we need some we need memorable moments to bring us together because we know there's so much out there that can be that can try to pull us apart
1: Well, you know nick you guys are a heck of a team think about it now it's you kobe jb and you've got kevin in diversity there's a whole group of uh young men who understand that you know the trends not to say that the past didn't but this is your generation of impact. Don't you think, you know, with all of you guys, Dan, is assembled a group of guys who really understand what it takes in this new type of business community?
2: Yeah, look, you know, Jim, you said it, so I'll follow your lead on it. But um, we're really fortunate, you know. I mean, Kobe and I started. Um, he was a manager of pro player personnel, and I was a director within our ticket sales group. And we were actually lived in the same apartment complex um, a long time ago. And, um, you know, we always would, we would sit down and we'd have dinner. And uh, we were actually just joking about this last night. Like, you know, I had to buy one round of drinks. He had to buy one round of drinks, because we couldn't really afford it. And so, you know, when we were, when we were joking about it, but we would, we would dream dreams of like one day, Hey, if you could be the general manager of a team and if I could run the business side of it, what would that be like? And we are so incredibly fortunate from our chairman, Dan, to be to have that trust and that confidence. Um, and and Dan, you know, Dan provides us just an enormous amount of resources. And he really views this franchise as a community asset. And he allows us to make investments and to, to, to deploy strategic initiatives that we are so fortunate in, to have him and to have Jay Farner and Matt Risick that are really guiding our family of companies, but yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, this is like it's kind of like a dream come true for Coves and I. And we 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 weren't you know we weren't we weren't um, we weren't destined for this thing coming out of college. I will tell you that There's a lot of work that went into it. And uh, but we're very fortunate to be in this situation, and we don't take it for granted. And I think the other thing too that we're really was a point of pride. You mentioned JB. And Kobe and just everybody, there's no egos around this thing, you know, like no. we're focused on one thing and that's doing the right thing every single day. And um, and that's really unique in this business. And, and we just like I said, it's an honor to be able to do it. It's an honor to be able to do it with a guy like Dan at the helm, because he's just he, he just he just thinks about things differently and allows us to reinvest in the business and reinvest in the community at levels that are really, really very, 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 very rare in our industry.
0: Well, Nick, again, we cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us here tonight. Uh, we know you're exhausted and yet exhilarated from what just transpired at and Mortgage Fieldhouse and here in the city of Cleveland. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us and our Cavs fans and listeners, and a hearty congratulations to everybody within the Cavs organization. Hey, thank you.
2: Thank Tim, you, Nick. Jim. Thank you. Let's do it again soon, huh? Let's do it Absolutely. again soon.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. Nick Nick. Barlett joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll take a quick time out. More after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. On Friday, the NBA family participated in the 14th NBA Cares All-Star Day of Service. The day provided guests two opportunities. First was rolling up their sleeves and giving back to the city of Cleveland by completing hands-on service projects, in partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. The second option was to help out with sorting boxes of books and assisting with other aspects of book stickering, etc., in partnership with Kids Book Bank Cleveland. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, right after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ presented by Bedway along the Cavaliers radio network and it's great to have with us Terry Pluto of course renowned columnist and author and certainly a guy that's been keeping a very close eye on the Cleveland Cavaliers as far as this 21-22 season is concerned and Terry it has been remarkable and now the final third really a less than a third of the season uh, awaits it starts Thursday in Detroit. Boy, first of all, your perspective as to how the first two-thirds went, this incredible campaign, Uh, just your overall thoughts on how this season has unfolded so far.
3: Well, the season was set up for them to fail. When you roll out a schedule for a young team that's been terrible the last three years with eight of the first 11 on the road, and I think nine of the games were against teams that either made the playoffs or at least the play-in tournament, um, good luck with that. and. I think they went six and five in that stretch and then you know they had periods where they didn't have love they didn't have uh mobile i think missed four games and some others now other teams have gone through that too but when you're not used to winning and you don't really have much of a you know the i say culture you know i get tired of hearing that term uh it generally sinks you but this team does has developed a culture uh based on you know the defense the big guys uh, all working together uh, and it's just what the JB's established that enabled them to endure those things. That I think at one point, then they was four or five in a row, and they bounced back and won a bunch of games again. So that's been the impressive thing to me has been the resiliency and their commitment to playing. You know what JB calls the you know, the grit style
0: or the defensive style. How difficult of a sell do you think that was, Terry?
3: Probably in the beginning, not extremely hard, but had they you know, had they gone three and eight, say, then it could be difficult, but they didn't. And I think the other factor that helped them, uh, was that by nature, Jared Allen and Mobley are defensive wired players, you know, so it was a coral. And so I remember having a discussion. This is with Chris Grant many years ago when he was GM with the Cavs, and Cavs had a terrible defensive team. And I'm sitting there looking at the roster and I said, well, Chris, part of it is you don't have guys who defend naturally. This is not what they do. So when you have players who are wired to defend and then you have a coach who could come up with strategies to help, like trying that big man lineup with Laurie Markkinen, uh, it gives you a distinct advantage. Uh, So I think that was the key part. You wanna get better defensively, you know, you get better defenders. You wanna get better shooting, you know, add a couple shooters but rarely do you find people are really good shooters and also good defensively. They're, you know, the old thing, there's not a lot of all around players. Uh, I'd rather be good defensively in the modern NBA. Uh, they just have to rely on trying to score 120 points and outshoot people from, you know, long range all
0: the time. But that's a great point. Again, we're talking with Terry Pluto. Terry, everybody has been talking about Jared Allen, Darius Garland, uh, all stars, of course, Evan Mobley in the, running for Rookie of the Year, if not the leading candidate. But what's a story from the first two-thirds of the year that perhaps hasn't captured enough attention?
3: I mean, I think a lot of people talked about Kevin Love's willingness to, to, to come off the bench and that. That's true. But the other thing is, Kevin Love's been healthy. When was the last time he's gone this far into a season and been healthy? I don't recall. You know, you'd have to go back to maybe LeBron's last year here. Uh, and so that's... The simply that he's got himself in shape and they figured out how to use him so that he doesn't get hurt. You say that and you just feel like you're jinxing the guy. But I think that's been a, that's been a key part of it. You know, another uh, aspect of that has been the, uh, you know, the growth of Garland in terms of how he works with his big guys. I did an interview with Mark price last week. And, and he said that is when you're a really good shooter as a point guard, Uh, The tendency, you know, you rely on your strength, but as Mark said, if you don't get your big men to follow you, you're really not a point guard uh, that's going to maximize what the team can do. So that's what you've seen with Darius. He's gotten the big men to follow him. How do you do that? Making sure they get the ball, working with them. You know, when you miss a pass to them, you go back, hey, I I saw you there. I should have given it to you. You know, just let them know.
0: It's interesting you say that because I recall covering the Cavs in those years and Lenny Wilkins, one of the all-time great point guards, used to talk about the fact that he was trying to teach Mark Price to reward your big men. They Mm -hmm. have to stay involved. I remember Lenny talking to us in the media about that, and obviously Mark picked up on that pretty quickly.
3: Right. He wanted to keep his starting position, among other things, because early on, (laughs) the rookie, remember, he played behind John Bagley. Right. The second year, they drafted Kevin Johnson, I believe, at number seven. Kevin was a star guard at California, brought him in there, and there was a question of who was going to win that job, but I'll tell you, within one week of training camp, I was covering them every day back then for the Beacon Journal, and they actually allowed us to watch all the practices, unlike now. Uh, Mark was destroying Kevin Johnson. Um, and Kevin, of course, went on to a stellar career with the sons, but it just shows how hard that rookie point guard position is and then he took it over from there. I do wish these Cavaliers could learn how to throw the ball to the post as well as those old Cavaliers. Lenny Wilkins would spend a lot of time in practices showing the guys the proper angle to throw a ball into the big man. What's a bad angle? For example, it's very hard to throw a pass to a guy in the low post from the top of the key unless you're able to, like like big man to big man, like throw it over the volleyball mat, unless you're able to throw out one big guy throwing it high over the others for a layup, but that's it. But you see, oftentimes you see a guy try to maybe 30 feet away from the basket straight out. He sees a player come across the lane. He's like four or five feet from the basket. He tries to, and it looks like he's open for a second. He tries to throw the ball in there and sure enough, somebody tips it because there's so many hands and bodies. You know, Lenny would always say, um, You throw it in from the sides, you know, don't throw it from the top of the key, make a pass to somebody on the wing. And then that guy can get the ball to the big man because it's just a better angle. And I see, I think really one of the things that they need to work on some more is there's more offense to be gotten from both Mobley and Jared Allen, but not on clear outs as much, although Mobley can do that, but just simply in the low post.
0: Do you think Mobley hit the wall right here towards the end before the all star break, Terry?
3: Probably Um, he's played big minutes and remember he's not out there. Some of these young players on these bad teams, they're just out there getting their numbers and we've seen it here in the past, but they're asking Mobley to do the hard stuff, to defend and to jump out. Um, I liked, uh, I saw a quote from Kenny Smith and I never thought about this. He said, you know, big men don't have to all be able to make three pointers. He says, boy, it really helps if they could defend a three-point shot. And what he meant by that is what you see where Jared Allen or Mobley or, or, or Marketing are able to get out on those guys at the line and at least kind of stand there or put their arms in the air and, and just make it harder. Because a lot of the, these guys who are good shooters, they're not used to somebody six 6'10 six, or 7' foot coming out after them. Like Webb was always one of the things that Kevin Love struggled with because he's not as quick as when he would need to go out and defend a guy. You know how they put him in the pick and roll and they switch off and he'd either get get behind the guy going uh, for a lob to the rim or else he was kind of trying to trail behind somebody shooting a three point shot. So Mobley and, and Allen do that. But to your to my point and, and your question is that that's hard and that's tiring. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, if, he's only 20.
0: But to your point about shots and getting out on the wing to contest those shots, there's a myriad, there's a million stats in the NBA, but one of the ones that stands out to me is the Cavs are near the top in contested shots. They go out Mm -hmm. and contest those shots.
3: And on top of that, I haven't looked in the last week or so at the break, but uh, for most of the season, they have made the fewest personal fouls. That's what you want, not just contested shots. Because if you're contesting every shot, but you're following everybody, well, then what are you really doing? Right. Uh, so that's, I think, a remarkable combination along with – I know there's all those numbers, and I, I do think this number is pretty valid. I think it's within five feet of the rim was the shooting percentage because they could do that computer-wise. Correct. And I believe by far the Cavs have held the opponents to the oh, lowest shooting percentage near the rim. That's because it's in their heads a little bit that Mobley's coming or Allen's comment, or even a coral could block you from behind. You know, when marketing's healthy, he's, he's getting in your way. Love could draw a charge. Uh, so those are – but they have to keep playing this way, uh, Tim. They can't deviate from this. And I think that's going to be the message that uh, J.B. is going to have to send them. And they are probably going to be a couple times where they don't do it very well. For example, that last game against Atlanta at the break, I thought they fell into let's just try to outscore them. Well, you're not going to outscore them. You're going to have to out them.
0: Great point. And it's a great segue into our next segment. Again, Terry Pluto joins us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll hear more from Terry following this timeout on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, again, a great big thank you to the two guys on the other side, our dynamic duo of producers, Kurt McLaughlin, Marty Allen, and of course, Terry Pluto. A thanks to him for joining us this week on Cavs HQ. So, Terry, here we go. It's a sprint to the finish now with 24 games remaining, and we were talking about this in our first segment as far as what the Cavs need to do and need to continue to do to make this stretch run a successful one, uh, hone in on that if you can.
3: Well, a couple of things they have to find to make sure they keep Garland healthy. Um, because that's, uh, and that was always an issue with Mark price too, when he was with the Cavaliers because they're smaller and they're, those players are so important to the offense. If I'm, defending or playing the calves. I am blitzing him with two guys all the time. I'm bouncing him around. I'm not talking about dirty plays like when Rick Mahorn elbowed Price in the head from behind. You know, I'm just talking about the general. Make it hard on him. And if we've seen this year, Darius has had some back issues and that comes from just kind of wear and tear. So that's number one. And that might mean playing him fewer minutes. I'm not sure exactly what the total answer is. Secondly, how is LeVert going to fit in the uh In the offense because he can score, but Tim what I have seen at times the ball goes to him and as Greg Popovich would say sort of sticks, in other words, goes to him and he kind of backs out he's dribbling dribbling Well, your big guys are going to go to sleep on that. Um, It's okay to do that once in a while, but this is a chaos team that's not based on a lot of one on one play so he's going to need to adapt a little bit without losing his ability to score one on one so that's going to be a. Uh, something else to watch um, and I'm also looking forward to whenever marketing comes back because I think it, it will help the defense and he does have that um, you know the three-point shot that that is valuable too but I'll tell you when marketing is playing small forward he doesn't have to be great defensively he just has to care enough to go after the guys and when they when he's out on the floor and even if he gets beat then you'll see Alan Mobley they're coming to help him because they see he's trying when the big guys don't come over, is when they see you, you know, just being really lax on defense. You let your man drive right by you, and then you say, Well, forget it. If he's not even going to try to defend the guy, why should I leave my guy open to go, you know, and try and help out this one on defense? The Cavs have stayed out of that stuff, uh, and they have to make sure they keep that team uh, orientation on defense.
0: Terry, I want to circle back to Lavert for a minute because you mentioned the fact that. Uh, The ball will stick in his hands. That's a great term. Uh, How challenging is that, do you think, for a coach like JB to coach his system compared with the natural instinct of a player or his natural style of having the ball in his hands? It
3: will be a challenge, but sometimes you just figure out the right combinations that work. And so if he's on the form and Garland isn't, that's not so bad because you know Garland has the ball quite a bit too. So it, like if you have Levert out there with a Coral, a Coral doesn't need the ball. So you don't want to just look for a shot all the time, but that's a way that, that might, uh, might also come into play and help them. And I think also you just sit down with them. I think uh, from what I could tell, Levert seems like a good guy. I think he wants to win. Uh, you just do a lot of film work with, with him. Say, look, here's how we play it over here. Here's what you can do. And then there are parts in the game where, all right, you call some isolations and things for him, you know, just like a big man, you let him do his thing at times. Uh, I'm just curious to see, I'm glad they got him because I've been worried all year that Garland was going to miss, you know, a week or two of games. And it's, it's tough to play without Garland. And when they lost Rubio, then you're really down to, uh, well, we saw, I even forgot the kid's name that they got from the G League, who, who was beside Rondo, not Rondo, the other young Goodwin. Guy. Good one. You know, you're down to a G League guy or you're down to Rondo, who has had some nice moments there. But, you know, I think 15 minutes of Rondo in most games is plenty. So, I mean, goodness, I think he's 35. Uh, That's a lot to ask.
0: And 16th year in the league, correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a great point because he's got a lot of miles on the tires because he came in so young. And by also... He is a guy that's often relied on his athleticism, especially early in his career. That's been a nice thing to see to him how he's growing over the years, especially his last number of years in Boston before when they were, you know, how smart he was. And the nice thing also what Rondo does mold is, you know, even now you see him, he's working hard on defense. He's not as good as he used to be, but he's still trying. He'll get some rebounds. He'll get some deflections. Uh, he talks about the right stuff.
0: Exactly. Terry, what's the biggest challenge you feel the Cavs will face in this stretch run? And then, obviously, uh, we're all thinking playoff basketball as well.
3: Well, a couple of things. I'll be interested to see how JB and the Cavs play it with, you come in after the All-Star break, and you would have think those Cavs players won a title, the way they, the crowd responded and all that. And they should. But, you know, here's four of them were involved in the All-Star weekend. And I remember about a month ago, J.B. gave the we haven't won anything yet speech. Uh, he may need to pull that one back out uh, and remind them that, yes, you're 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 an all star. Be proud of it. And but team wise, you know, we got a long way to go. You got to make sure you, you end up it's the top six, correct? And then the next four in the play in tournament.
0: Correct. Yes. Yeah,
3: You want to end up in that top six. Here's why you end up in the top six, because, you know, that way, if you're sixth, say, you're playing what the third seed, you know, you're not down there in a scrapping your way through the playoff tournament, just end up playing Milwaukee in the first round or something. Um, That's what I I want. That would be a goal. And then secondly, uh, what you want to do is just to make sure that they remember why they became all stars and rising stars. And that is on the defensive end, because other than Garland, the other three Mobley, Allen and Okoro, you know, they've made their reputation now as defensive players. So I remember uh, one of the things that JB said when uh, Allen made the team as, you know, the the second go around of extra players was that you really had to take into consideration his impact on winning and just have them not lose sight of their impact on winning. Because remember, all these guys, um, I'm thinking of their ages I think they're all 23 and younger.
0: Correct. That's absolutely correct.
3: So let's keep that in mind.
0: Well, as our late dear friend Joe would say, uh, we'll see how much of the yips they suffer with.
3: Yeah, you know, <laughs> but that's just,
0: part of it, the experience, yeah. right? You know,
3: the old line between um confidence and egotism. You know, confidence is great. Uh suddenly thinking it uh, You're not just one of the planets, but you're actually the sun and everything revolves around you. That's not so good.
0: Exactly. Well, Terry, I'll tell you what. uh, I can't wait for the uh, final 24 Mm -hmm. games and hopefully games beyond that. Uh, I think it's going to be a real fun ride here in Cleveland. I look forward to reading your columns about it because uh, they are simply sensational. And uh, no doubt we will once again have you on Cavs HQ before we close this thing out.
3: Thanks so much, Tim.
0: Thank you, Terry. Terry Pluto joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll have more following this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, all along the Cavaliers Radio Network. Well, that was a great show tonight. A huge thank you goes out to our two very special guests, Nick Barlett. President of Business Operations with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and of course, the impact that the All-Star Weekend had upon the city of Cleveland as the eyes and the ears of the country and the world were focused on our city, and then Terry Pluto, boy, the insights that he has as far as the Cavaliers are concerned are just extraordinary, so a huge thank you to Nick as well as Terry Pluto. Great big thank you, of course, to Jim Jones and to our dynamic duo of producers, Gert McLaughlin and Marty Allen. Now keep in mind the Cavaliers get back on the floor Thursday night. They'll be in Detroit to take on the Pistons to start the sprint to the finish. 24 games remaining starting Thursday against Detroit. That game will tip off at seven o'clock with the Huntington tip-off show set for 630 along the Cavaliers radio network. So that's what I'll be back with you again Thursday from Detroit until then. This is Tim Elthorn saying once again, thank you very much for listening, and so long, everybody.